Hi, welcome. Welcome to Training with Casey, and I'm your host, Casey Cover. Working and living with animals is my passion. I expect it's pretty important to you also. Let's explore it together. Here, we talk mostly about training, but also about genetics, physiology, philosophy, enrichment, and more. We chase some pretty big rabbits into their burrows. Buckle your seatbelts and let's take a ride. So it's my opinion that the animal world is really missing out by not catching on to this. Cool. And Teresa, who are you? Are you an animal professional? Yes. So I consider myself an aspiring trainer. Um, I'm hopefully soon to be professional trainer, uh, dog trainer. Um, I would be open to working with other animals, but primarily with dogs. Yeah, that's Uh, mostly what we see, isn't it? Yes. Let me introduce you to everyone. Hey, folks, thank you for joining us tonight. And I'm here with my friend, uh, my new friend, Teresa Bowman. And Teresa's very modest because she has put in years with animals already. And she has worked for some highly respected uh, places where many people go to learn how to train and so forth. So good for you, Lauren. Uh, Lauren. Good for you, Teresa, because we always have to keep learning, right? Lifetime learners. And I I already know you're there. But um, Teresa has been such a light in my life because I'm out there making all these videos and they don't necessarily get seen very much. And people don't watch them for very long. And I'm like, no, come on, guys. And Teresa watches them and she leaves comments. And I'm like, yes, yes, it's really this great. I've been doing this for over 40 years and I'm still this excited about it. And when I see somebody else get excited, that so makes my day. So I asked Teresa, could we talk? Because I want to learn about, first of all, I wanted to just talk to her because, um, you know, saying all this stuff and her getting excited about it and everything, I knew I wanted to talk to her and find out where was she headed and everything. But also I wanted to learn who are the people that are really seeing what is here to see. They're taking the time to actually watch the videos. And so now let's ask Teresa. Teresa, what in the world really caught your attention? Because most people don't even watch longer than 25 seconds. Yeah, I I don't have a very long attention span, but it's not that short. Um, (laughs) Well, I mean, I, after these few years of really, studying and learning and trying to learn all I can and studying under other trainers and thinking that I knew 
uh, best, but that I was missing something, you know, mm. always having in the back of my mind that I was missing something. And a big part of it, I knew was real relationship and connection with mm. animals. Um, and, you know, being introduced to SAT and, and through uh, Mark McKay with Training Between the Ears, who I've been uh, learning from for a little over a year. Um, it just rocked my world. It really blew my mind to see animals connecting with humans in such a meaningful way and giving consent and wanting to do this. And we don't have to argue with them in this battle of wills. Yeah. Uh, a good friend of mine who actually kind of introduced me to training between the ears. Um, she, when I first started learning this sort of thing, she noticed almost immediately a change in my voice when I was speaking to my dog. Huh. Uh, and she made a big point to comment on that, that it, the way that I was talking to my dog, changed and you know that's been a little over a year ago and now my relationship has never been better with my dog and and my relationship with my cat is improving and I just want to help other pet owners figure out how to live harmoniously with their animals and help them to live their best life with mm -hmm. animals and I, I'm excited to learn more about SAT I'm super just ecstatic to have the opportunity to and and I'm ready to learn more and really hone my craft and learn different layers of sats and you know how you do things. You're gonna rock it and you you're gonna have a blast. I'm excited. Yeah, we just we do have a blast. Um it's yeah, you know, you get to know the people and you see their successes and so on. And we're all there together and we're all working together. It's really a lot of fun and it's great to have the community. It's still a little, uh, let's see how to put this. SATS is not your average dog training class. Good. And when I say that, we talk to the dogs. We tell them everything. And we're not doing this in a haphazard, um, you know, coochie-coo kind of way. It's not, yeah. come on, honey dog, it's okay. You can do this. Well, although we do a lot of encouragement. It's yeah. more like this. Okay, we're going to go for a walk. So I need you to come out of your crate, get your lead on. Then we're going to turn around and go out the front door. You're going to wait at the front door until I open it. Then we're going to go and turn around. We're going to lock the front door. We're going to turn around again and we'll go down the stairs and go to the street. And we're going to go left today. You ready? Let's do it. And the dog will just flow into all that. You know, they quickly learn all this vocabulary but we don't leave it up to chance. We do actually teach them the meaning of each word. But take, for example, body parts. We find that animals can learn 
really without any problems, like 10 body parts in a couple of minutes. Yeah. More than a body part per minute. And we have a way that we do this that is really efficient, but it's not stressful. It's not any big deal. And we find out that it works that way just because we're constantly going back and saying, okay, do you remember this? Did you understand that? Because if they don't, we just review a little bit. But it turns out that a lot of times the animals not only remember it, but they're eager to be recognized for yeah. the fact that they could remember it. So if I yeah. talk to my horse and I tell her, we're going to do, you know, we're going to walk four steps forward and then we're going to turn around to the left and then to the right. And then we're going to back up for five steps and then we're going to do this she'll just start walking through the sequence. Like, don't tell me again. I know <laughs> you always repeat things twice. I got it the first time. So that's really cool. Well, I thank you so much for um, coming on to talk to me so that first of all, we could just talk and talk about your plans because we're getting ready to open that class. And I will be so excited for you to be part of that class. And I know, I know that you're just going to rock it and that you're going to love it. But I also am very eager to learn more about you, you as a person and you as a professional. So we got to be a little circumspect because I don't want anybody to be able to zero in on you, you know, somebody that you don't know that. Yeah. So, so keeping it kind of general, sure. um, tell me about you. Like, okay, I'll tell you what they tell me to ask, find out about people um, when we're studying for marketing. So a person that's attracted to what you do, they call an avatar. And an avatar is they say normally a mirror of yourself. So you would be a mirror of me. Hmm. I hope that's a good thing, Teresa. <laughs> but of course, everybody's very different. So they literally in the last class I was taking, they were like, okay, who is your avatar? How old are they? How much money do they make? How much la la la? And it's like, I thought, gee, you know, I really don't know that. Yeah. I never, I never ask people. It's like, if they're interested and they're trying to help animals, it's like, okay, we're good. Let's go. Let's yeah. go do this. Yeah. But in reality, there are a lot of people that don't resonate like you did. And so let me draw you out. Just Tell us whatever you want to tell us about your experience, what you like to do. Why do you like dogs? What's your dream life with a dog? Mm. Those are all good questions. Hope I have <laughs> good answers. Um, well, so I grew up with animals. You know, everyone says that. I, but, you know, it was in a small town. And it's... If people from that town, they seem to go on to, I'm sure there's some great people have came from there, but it, 
they seem to go on to do safe things. You know, we want to find out what's the most lucrative career and 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 put, go be nurses and vet techs. Nothing wrong with those. We need all of those people. No, but but, but like they're established and you get a salary and you have benefits and you it's not yeah. always like that in dog training, is it? Yeah, no. And and I guess growing up, even though I knew I loved animals, um, you know, I always connected with and and just had a really close relationship with all of our cats and dogs. That was what we had always was cats and dogs. And but I never really I knew I didn't want to be a vet. Um and and how did you know that? What what made your decision obvious to you? Well, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't want to have to deal with sad sickness, dying animals. And, and I wasn't really committed to learning about medical, um, yeah. the medical side of things. I just, it didn't really interest me so much. Um, now certain things do. And then the more I learn, the more I realize I want to learn about things, but at the same time, I just think at the time I didn't have um, a concept that I even could go on to do anything in animal training. Um, I didn't really think that there were feasible options for me yeah. uh, with the animal world, I guess. Um, and so I had no idea where I wanted to take it. And I think I tried to take what I thought was going to be like an easy route. So I tried, I went to school for uh, medical coding and billing um, no kidding. My yeah. mom is a medical records um, administrator. Okay. And she worked in Saudi Arabia for like eight years. Coding is a complicated subject. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it didn't. <laughs> uh, learning medical terminology was interesting. But other than that, it was like, I didn't, it just be didn't end up to be the thing for you, huh? No, went to school for um, office administration after that. And it, I didn't want to do that. I don't even know why I was going to school for that stuff. You know, it's just like, that was what I thought in my mind was a feasible option for me. I just never conceptualized that I could work with animals and be an animal trainer. So. Or maybe you're going to need those skills for your own business. Maybe. Um you know, so when I was about, let's see, I guess 30, 30-ish, 30, 30 or so, I um, decided I wanted to work with animals. And I didn't know how, and I didn't know how I was going to get into it. Um, but I went to stop by a place for a spare tire. And they said, um, oh, you're looking for a job. And I'm like, yeah, actually I am. But I want to work with animals. And they're like, oh, we know just a place for you. There's this kennel right up the road. You should go apply up there. You're definitely going to get the job because all these high school kids work there and all this. So I'm like, okay, great. Um, went up there. And he evidently wasn't even connected with the kennel, which is, I, so I don't know why this has happened. Yeah, right, I, I told right. the owner, she didn't even know who he was. This is a guy from a discount tire place. Anyway, so I got hired, um, get worked there for, um, there we are. So you were saying that you went up to the 
um, kennels mm -hmm. and applied for a job. Did you end up working there? Yes. Yeah, so I got hired pretty much right away and um, started working there. And at the time, I told everyone and believed that it was my dream job. Okay. <laughs> I just loved working with animals. I loved the fact that I could actually get paid to work with dogs. Yeah. And didn't have to do all these other things I didn't want to do. Um, and so I got promoted pretty quickly, ended up being um, a supervisor there. And so I guess over time, the more uh, responsibility got put on me, the more I was seeing like the inner workings of kennel yeah. life. Um, so that was interesting. I mean, I learned a lot. You know, I learned a, a whole lot that I'll take with me throughout my career, and I'm sure I'll use and will benefit me throughout my career. But it wasn't meant for me to stay there. Um, you know, Teresa, if we were always liking everything and comfortable, a lot of times we wouldn't move forward. That's right. Yeah. So you, you go there and there's so much to learn and experience and that's when it's great. And then when you kind of get to the point where you need to start learning and experiencing more, it's not the same satisfaction as it was. And that's nothing wrong with the place that you work at. And yeah. it's nothing wrong with you. It is just what keeps us learning and moving forward. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so could you open your own kennel now? Do you feel if you wanted to? Um, I might know enough to, but I, I don't want to uh, work in boarding anymore. Yeah. I now I I board for um, certain clients, you know, dogs that I'm familiar with and willing to bring into my home. I will board, um, but I'm not interested in in doing like a kennel boarding yeah. doggy daycare type of thing anymore feel like I pulled my time there and yeah got what I could get out of it and it but it inspired me to want to learn about training and behavior um and how to best communicate with animals because we took a lot of aggressive animals um a lot of dogs that other places would not take um and we would board for board dogs for rescues for a discounted rate. So we got a lot of rescues in there as well, um, which is how I acquired my dog. So. Oh, wow. That, yeah. Did um, you have to, did you take dogs that were difficult enough to handle that you had to handle them without going in? Like, you know, with the remote gates and so on, did you take dogs that were that serious? Yes. Yeah. Oh, we, had, we had some dogs that we couldn't handle at all. Um, it, for the most part, there were a select few of us that had to, if at all possible, and sometimes risking life and limb, uh -oh. <laughs> um, to get the animals out to go to the bathroom and spend some time outside and get them back in. Only a select few of us were able to do that. And no one else was allowed to interact with the dogs or come in contact with them at all. But there were some that were so bad that we had to kind of feed them through a drop door and, and only interact with them through like a door on a pulley system. Yeah. Um, 
but we had a lot of fear aggressive dogs that I had to take out and handle. Um, that dogs of various types of aggression, but fear aggression was seemed to be the most common. Um, all sorts of reactivity and triggers. And um, it, I think it helped me to be a really good canine handler. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, getting a lot of experience on how to manage these things safely, whether yeah. or not you can change the behavior. That's a really important skill set because you've got to do that until you change the behavior. Yeah. And a lot of these things were like learning how to manage dogs who are dog aggressive dogs who would kill another dog. And we have hundreds of other dogs there. Um, so it, it was interesting and I learned a lot from that. And that was what made me want to learn how to safely handle these dogs and how to connect with them and how to, if I could change them and form relationships with them. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and there were quite a few dogs that I saw really just make a turnaround just from my like feeble attempts at trying to form mm -hmm. a bond with them and trust with them when I didn't know anything. Um, but I wanted to learn all I could about training at that point. Um, and so I tried to learn from several different reputable sources and uh, ended up going to a training facility that does um, obedience. Um, now they say they do behavior modification as well, but it was more so management through obedience. Um, okay, and, I understand what you're talking about. Yeah, um, and I mean, so while I did enjoy certain things about that job, I definitely saw a huge um chunk of the training idea and the relationship aspect of that that was lacking um and so could we could we just for a second talk a little bit about this whole yeah. approach to obedience because uh, people listening may not understand so listeners we have a lot of dog trainers that are their normal way of solving a behavior problem is to kind of suppress it by directing the dog to do a different task. And sometimes you'll see this um, called a mutually exclusive behavior. Sometimes we're re redirecting to obedience. Uh, let's say you have a dog that's highly reactive to you know, people coming in and out, they might send the dog to a place mm -hmm. and the dog is not allowed to come off of that place. And a lot of times it makes the dog's behavior manageable, but there are things it doesn't do. And what did you see that you wanted to change further that wasn't getting changed? Um, when So here's the dog learning to do useful things in obedience but what was it changing or what did you want to see happen that you wanted to strive further for? Well, there, it seemed like they had their program in place where we will teach the dog these set of commands and every dog needs to learn these commands in their opinion, you know? Um, so it, there was a lot of 
um, kind of trying to put a square block into a round hole type okay. of thing. And we were, it was a lot of, let's add a little bit more force and more force and more force to try to get the outcome that we want, even though it, it made no difference whether the dog sat, for instance, or not. Maybe it was uncomfortable for them to sit, but they'll do everything else we ask. So why is this one thing so important that yeah. we would damage our relationship with the dog just to get them to sit? We don't really need them to. Interesting. Um, so it kind of became do this for the sake of the program and not necessarily because it was really important to the dog. Yeah. And there were a lot of other issues and I'll probably have to sit down and really think about them to give you the best answer of that. Um, but, you know, thinking about something like reactivity, for instance, if a dog was dog reactive, rather than working on that issue, helping the dog to feel more comfortable, um, we would do something like a focused heel where you know the dog is just looking right up at you and making eye contact and um you know yeah they can get by the dog but they didn't feel any different about the dog you know they, yeah. they still would have ripped the dog to shreds if they could have got a hold of it <laughs> yeah um and they can be very fast i i remember a um a person that I worked with is a certified trainer and she was involved with uh, rescue dogs and she was passing somebody with a Rottweiler and she had a, a greyhound and she called out ahead to the other person. Is that dog okay with other dogs? And the person said, yeah, we just had him out with all these other dogs. He was fine. And then as they were literally passing she had already put the dog on the outside so that they would the dog wouldn't pass next to the other dog. But she said she just felt kind of like a breeze. And that dog had just lunged behind her and essentially removed the muscle off of the greyhound's leg. Wow. And they were able to save the life of the greyhound and everything. But it just happened so fast yeah. and these were highly experienced very you know just the fact that she called out ahead of herself indicates how conscientious and on top of things they were mm -hmm. but these dogs can still get past us sometimes mm -hmm. so you know I, I was just gonna say these are very uh excellent observations like, I would agree with you. For example, I teach a recall. It's the first thing I do. That's a little bit by accident because I have come to the conclusion over years and seeing two dogs die right in front of my eyes because I had called them when oh. there was no traffic and they hesitated when traffic suddenly appeared and then ran out right in front of the traffic oh. and got killed. Wow. I was a little girl on both cases, yeah. but it left an impression. So I teach dogs to wait, to stop okay. and wait, because I can always 
go over and get them if they'll just wait there for me and sure. make sure they make it back safely. So the recall is one of the most important things in obedience training. Yeah. And ironically, I have usually a terrific recall, but I don't put any emphasis on it, you know, because it's just like, like the four things that I enforce are wait, stay, leave it, and drop it. Okay. Everything else is optional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So does that take us close to where you are now? Um, yeah, pretty close. You know, I think the only other thing I would say about that is that it, everything else I had learned about and tried was really missing the relationship aspect of training and the respect for animals and their, you know, their, their ability to say yes or no, you know, their, their right to say that this is my body I don't want to do that and yeah that that gives me chills Teresa because you're absolutely right and you know that is a major safety issue too because if you always ask the animals permission before you do things they are much more likely to cut you slack when yeah. there's you know a misunderstanding yeah. and the animals are different. You know, we have the keys to the car, but they've got the nose and they've got the ears, but we know where the food is. And so we're all necessary to go forward together. We're different, but we're also equal, but not in the same things. And if you don't really see that, you have not seen the animal, I feel. Yep. I agree. Whoa. Well, Teresa, we never even got to the information like, uh, what do you do for fun and where do you hang out? What kind of coffee do you get? And what kind of music do you like? And all that stuff. But maybe you're like a lot of the animal trainers I know, and you barely have time for any of those things. Yeah, no, my life is dogs and God and studying about animals. <laughs> <laughs> so you like whatever music your dog and your cat like yeah yeah whatever they're listening to <laughs> and you hang out with them <laughs> yep yeah and other dog people that's about it yep <laughs> wow do you have you uh a book that you've read on the subject like it could be anything about animals or about teaching or about leadership or about training um, is there any book that really struck you? Yeah. Um, there, what's that book by uh, Patricia McConnell? Um, oh, man. Uh, I, I think of it. And I don't read that much. <laughs> I should. It? I need to read. But that was one that I, um, okay. well, I, I listened to audiobooks. Patricia culture class? Culture class? Um, no. Other end of the leash? Yes, that one. There we go. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I've, 
I list, listened to it, not really read it, you know, on an audio book um, while I was still working at the kennel. And I think that really opened my eyes up to more so tuning into animals and communicating with them rather than just it's my way or the highway, which wasn't yeah. working. Didn't feel good, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I can really appreciate that. Uh, when I worked doing animal shows and presentations and working with animals all day long for other people, there was a time in my career where sometimes you the our department might have to do up to 14 shows a day. And that's tiring for the animals. And, yeah. you know, we could become world-class manipulators just to keep the animals engaged and so on. And then I decided that I no longer wanted to train unless the animals wanted to do the training as much as I did. Yeah. And that was a wonderful place to get to because guess what? They do want to do it. Yeah. And if you watch the videos, most of the animals, you know, if they have a lead or something on them, it's slack or it's dragging or, you know, whatever. Like with my horse in certain situations, I need to have a lead rope on her and everything um, just for safety backup. Yeah. But a lot of times there's nothing like that. And you'll hear the vocalizations of the animals and you'll see them do things like my horse, when she gets excited about something. And if I tell her, um, if I tell her the right answer, if I ask her a question and give the right answer, she'll go like this, like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Did you notice that you yeah. are an astute observer? Do you know, I had to watch that video 10 times. And I, I mean, I didn't have to, but I did watch it 10 times. Yeah. And I was watching it with another trainer. She goes, you know what I really love about that video? Uh, this is the video of Sarah telling us what Annette, my intern from the Netherlands, showed Sarah two objects while I couldn't see or hear. And then I came into the frame and asked Sarah uh, which of the two objects she had seen. And if I named the correct one first, check it out, folks. She nods her head up and down like, good job, Casey, you got it. That's awesome. <laughs> and if I gave the wrong answer first, she just very politely doesn't, like she doesn't want to discourage me, <laughs> right? And she comes up and gives me the answer without shaking your head but wow. me being the superior being I never even noticed that until this amazing horse train well she trains dogs too but um Sean Mente down in um Houston Texas area and she said you know what I really like about that is that every time you get the right answer the horse nods her head up and down I'm like what seriously and then we watch it together I'm like oh my goodness so you pick that up on your own that's amazing well I yeah I saw in a in that video and there was um another video um I think you were doing it may have been one of the touchback target videos okay. 
I don't have a great memory, but I think it was one of the touchback targeting videos. And I, it was, it, I think it was the one where you were asking her to kind of sidestep and cross her feet one yes. in front of the other. I think it was that one where at some point she was having a little bit of trouble and you just ex explained it. And I think you explained it again. And she's like, oh, okay, like this. And she did it. And and I think you uh, terminally bridged at that point. And she was just like, whoa, okay, I got I know, it. I know, because she really <laughs> does get excited, doesn't she? Which yeah, I you love can that. Tell. Yeah. And I don't know horses. Uh, I, I'm not familiar go, at all. <laughs> their body language but you could tell yeah that she I think she vocalized and and kind of moved her head a little bit and, and almost like danced a, a little bit speaking of animals getting excited my dog howls every night about this time excuse me woman oh. you might as well join in for oh right okay. Good boy. That's another story entirely. Wow. Well, Teresa, we have done a lot together tonight, even before we did the podcast. And I want to thank you for that. It's been absolutely a pleasure to actually get to meet and talk. And uh, we'll, we'll do it some more. I'd love sure. to follow with you on your progress and of course i'll be seeing you in the class yeah most definitely so that is outstanding and i just can't wait because two abilities that you have are um astute observation and discernment you're picking up details in these videos that many people don't see until we take them through the videos frame by frame in the class. And I'm gonna give you a heads up, check out the wolf video on the press page of my website. Okay. Because you're gonna see what the um, embodied language is for thinking. You're okay. going to see, look for the animal's eye focus changing and okay. the head position changing and look at how he makes a decision. So I'll just give you a little spoiler alert. He's coming over and letting me touch his right side. And I ask him for his left side. Now I didn't explain that to him yet okay and he has to think about it so what would you do if you were in another country where you didn't know the language and you're trying to figure out what this person wants what would you do so check that wolf video out it's like two minutes or something okay and i'm dying to hear what you discern from it you'll okay. probably teach me new things about it <laughs> okay well we're at the end of our time tonight but okay. i want to thank everybody for listening and Teresa, i especially want to thank you for coming out 
and talking to me and sharing um, what um, makes you passionate about animals and what you're going to do. And I am so glad I'm going to be part of your journey. It's such a privilege. Well, I'm glad you are too. Thank you so much for everything. I really always enjoy talking with you and and I'm so excited and looking forward to learning more and all about SAS. Okay, outstanding. We're going to do this. And folks, go check out that wolf video. See if you can beat Teresa to the punch. All right, yeah. all take care. Thank you. Till next time. Hi, thanks for being here. I really appreciate you coming here and listening. And please become part of the conversation. I love to hear your comments. And I'd love for you to tell me how this affects you, if it makes you angry, if it makes you interested, whatever. And as always, I appreciate it so much when you help us get the word out. I hope you'll come back and I'll see you next time.